1: Hello, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is the fabulous and splendiferous Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson.
2: What an intro. Hi, Keith. Hello. How are you?
1: Doing great. How about yourself? I am... um... Fabulous. Oh, good. And it, there's a pause there. I'm sparkling. <laughs> I was just trying to think of another adjective. Um, I, I don't know why. I, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing well. You're I'm, poppy? I'm poppy. Yeah. I'm poppy. Nothing but pop here. Um, because the Billboard Pop Shop podcast, thanks for the segue, is your <laughs> one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we welcome the Go-Go's Charlotte Caffey and Gina Shaw. The Go-Go's! Yes! The band kicks off their farewell tour tonight in Clearwater, Florida, and the track continues across the U.S. throughout the rest of the month. Uh, The tour wraps up, at least for the time being, I'm only saying that, they haven't told me anything, uh, August 30th in Los Angeles at the Greek Theater. Not so coincidentally, this week marks the 35th anniversary of the Billboard 200 chart debut of the Go-Go's first album, Beauty and the Beat. And we'll be talking more about that in our chart stat of the week later on in the show. Oh yeah. So stay tuned. So stay tuned. In addition, since we're talking to the go go's about their tour, we thought it would be fun to discuss some of our own personal favorite live music experiences and concerts. Plus, we'll be talking about our thoughts on the new major laser single, Coldwater, featuring Justin Bieber and Moo. I'm probably still pronouncing that wrong.
2: I think you did a better job than most Americans. It's, 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 it's
1: <laughs> moo. I think it's moo. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, plus we'll have chart news about Drake and Sia and more. Before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode. And heck... Give us a rating or review while you're
2: at it. If you have nice things to say. Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. All right. Let's talk about Major Lazer's new single, Cold Water, featuring Justin Bieber and Moo. The song makes a spectacular debut on the Billboard Hot 100 chart as the track opens at number two. Last week's number one, Sia's Cheap Thrills, continues to rule the list, but we'll have more on that in just a moment. Cold Water is Major Lazer and Moo's second top ten single and highest charting song yet, surpassing the number four peak of Lean On. Now, as for Bieber, Cold Water is his tenth top ten single And his third song to debut at number two, I know, right? Following Sorry, which also happens to be the last song to have debuted at number two, and Boyfriend. Now, Sorry would ultimately hit number one, while Boyfriend settled for a number two peak. Interestingly enough, Bieber now has the most number two debuts in the history of the Hot 100 chart. Previously, he and Mariah Carey were both tied with two number two debuts each. All told, Cold Water is the 19th song to debut at number two and the 46th song to debut at either numbers one or number two. Now, just because Bieber uh, debuts in number two doesn't mean that he can't possibly hit number one eventually. Um, As we saw with Sorry, he would eventually later hit number one. So uh, Bieber fans, hold on tight. There's still a chance for it to go to number one. Okay, so what do we think of the song itself? The first time I heard it, I thought, hit. No brainer. Done. Boom. Easy. Yeah. What did you think?
2: I was right there with you. Um, I told you the day that it came out uh, that when I heard it on the radio, it was like, oh, yes, I recognize I've never heard this song before, but it's also like the most natural thing in the world to be on my radio right now. Yeah. Like that's how it felt. And it was kind of a continuation of the work that Justin Bieber has done with both Diplo, you know, and Skrillex, um, and now Major Laser. Uh, with what do you mean and um, where are you now it just it just seems like a natural progression
1: I wonder when this song actually like first like started like if this is something that was from the sessions that they did what do you mean and lean on like was it from that time was it from that era or was it like something totally new they just did super recently
2: I get a feeling I think it's new we and should know I, this, and I we? also <laughs> think that uh, you know these guys aren't going to stop working together anytime soon because it just is a perfect fit. Like the um, the Diplo and the Major Lazer sound in general just fits perfectly with Justin's poppy voice, and right. it it screams hits. Like yeah. every time, it just hits.
1: Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's just I I funny. Like the first like the first thirty seconds, I'm like, this my god, this just sounds like a smash like you just know i had the same
2: feeling when i heard calvin harris and rihanna's uh this is what you came came for for. i mean there's just songs that are obvious obvious hits you know yeah it just happens
1: well um bieber's in a really good place right now um and has really had this sort of career renaissance at least uh, sonically and certainly on the airwaves um in the past year or so Um, reputationally as well
2: you think so? Absolutely. I feel like the, you know, grown women I hang out with would have been embarrassed saying that they liked Justin Bieber before. And I just had a conversation last night about how you can't help but like Justin Bieber's music anymore. And I think it all can be traced back
1: to the uh, major laser, diplo, oh, yeah. um when they all got together and And
2: then with the help of Ed Sheeran, the Love Yourself song really like drove it home. That's just an undeniable song. Let the music speak let the music play. You won't get away. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know the rest of the verse and I really should.
1: Um well, you know, this just keeps up Justin's hot streak. Um, you know, and I don't know, I just think it's really sort of incredible what he's done, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with him, don't you think, Katie? Totally. Yeah.
2: So what else is happening on the charts, Keith?
1: I'm so glad you asked, Katie. Well, Drake's Views is still number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart for a 12th week. It has now spent more weeks at number one than any album since the Frozen soundtrack chilled out for 13 weeks atop the list back in 2014. Over on the Hot 100 chart, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Sia's Cheap Thrills featuring Sean Paul lands a second week, At number one, it's Sia's first number one as an artist, and as we noted online on Billboard.com last week, the achievement marks a rare feat at number one. Sia is one of a relative few acts to hit number one after their 40th birthday. In fact, Sia is the first woman as a lead artist to get their first number one single over the age of 40 since way back In 1989, I know, right, when Bette Midler, who was then 43, topped the list for the first time with Wind Beneath My Wings. Among all women, Sia is the first to be number one over the age of 40 since Madonna, who in 2000, at 42... Uh, led the list with music. Now, we note all of this because the very top of the Hot 100 is usually ruled by those under 40, and it's fairly unusual for a woman over 40 to hit number one. Now, as for the men over 40, it's a little bit more common, though it's still not super usual. Uh, The last man over 40 at number one was actually just a little over two years ago when Pharrell, who was then 40 began a 10-week run at number one with Happy. Uh, in fact, Sia's featured guest on Cheap Thrills uh, this week, uh, Sean Paul, is actually 43 years old. Uh, Eminem was 41 when he hit number one in 2013 with The Monster. And uh, Dr. Dre was 44 when uh, Crack a Bottle topped the chart back in 2009. So for the ladies, it's not exactly a common thing for the guys. It's not super common either, but it happens just a a dash, a dash more, a dash more than the women.
2: So as our guest this week, the Go-Go's are heading out on their farewell tour this month. We thought it might be fun to discuss some of our own personal favorite live concert experiences. These are not necessarily the best performances, perhaps, but just like personally memorable for the two of us. Right. Um, And it was actually really fun to kind of go back and think of all the concerts that I've been to. Like from when I was a kid till now, professionally going to concerts or still just for fun. What was the very first concert you went to? Well, um, on it's on my list. Okay, so well, would then you we'll like me out. to wait? No, well, you, you,
1: you <laughs> I, I was, I didn't realize that we were going to be spoiling it. Is so.
2: your first concert on your list? Nope. Well, then, what was your first concert? Keith?
1: My, my first concert was uh, in Janet Jackson in like 1993 or 1994. Okay. I was actually rather old. I didn't. My my very first concert wasn't until I was like between, I think, between freshman and sophomore year of college.
2: Oh man. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, my first concert was in 1990, and like I was mm, seven. Wow. Yeah. Is this, Are we going into the list now? I mean, would you like me to? It's up to I you. have a particular. I have a particular order of okay. mine. Okay.
1: So, am I going first, or are you going first? Um.
2: Well, you know, since we were talking about it, I'll just start with my uh my very first concert ever. Okay. I mean, we're we're on the subject. Um, it's technically my number two out of three. <laughs> It's there's, just gonna really mess people a, up. It's right a very now. specific order here. <laughs> my very first concert was Eric Clapton. Oh, which my dad is a gigantic fan, always has been in his various bands and then his solo career. Um, grew up with Eric Clapton playing in the house all the time. Um, it's just like it's it's a perfect fit for a first concert because my dad loves him so much. So, um, this concert was April 15th, 1990. Wow, you have the date and everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did some research here, Keith. Goodness. Okay. Um, uh, it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Michigan, which is just outside Detroit. It's where the Pistons play basketball. Madonna's
1: played there a number of times. Oh, yes. Well, it's, Everyone like her, does. it's her
2: hometown yeah. Uh, venue. Yeah. Um, the, the concert itself was amazing. I, rem- I, I actually have memories of being there, which... I'm not somebody who has a lot of like early memories. And so the fact that I can actually put myself in that place and remember exactly the perspective we had of the stage and everything. And we also didn't have cell phones. We didn't take pictures or, you know, like I just vividly remember being there. And the one thing that has some significance now, um, as an adult and just as a music fan in general is that Stevie Ray Vaughn came out on stage during that concert as a special guest Um, He did not join every uh, stop on the tour, but he would pop in once in a while. He's a frequent collaborator of Clapton's. They often shared band members and, um, you know, obviously had a lot of musically in common. It was very bluesy rock, you know, classic rock. He came out, performed with Clapton. So two just like massive guitar greats playing together. Uh, This is the same year that Stevie Ray Vaughan died in a helicopter crash. He died in... um, August of that year. So we saw him in April and he oh. died in August. And I learned from doing my little bit of research that, um, he was actually with a, a lot of people from Clapton's tour during that, uh, trip when he died in this helicopter crash. And Eric Clapton was one of the people who had to go to the morgue and ID both Stevie and P- members of his tour that were also on the helicopter helicopter. Wow. I learned all of this. I was, I didn't realize just how linked, stevie Vaughn was with eric clapton and that tour specifically so i just feel like thank you dad for like taking me to this like completely historic concert and also for instilling you know a love of that kind of music in my life wow so there you go wow okay (laughs) well
1: gee whiz mine are not as well researched as yours (laughs) um goodness um well i'll actually um start with someone who i just talked about janet jackson Um, And we actually have talked about this show previously on the show, uh, this concert previously on the show. It was actually last year when Janet Jackson played the uh, Forum Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles
2: on her tour that was cut short because she had some family-related issues. Once again, what a great... Opportunity you had to see that show when many people who thought they were going to see that show didn't get that chance.
1: True. And also, um, I mean, it was a fabulous show and she was on fire and it was just hits, 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 hits. But also because I got to meet Janet Jackson Mm -hmm. for, you know, a fleeting 15 seconds after the show and got a picture with her. Um, But it was just the experience of seeing her. It was just this I still can remember walking in and it's just like, oh. It's just like Janet there looks just like Janet as you've always remembered Janet, the hair, Janet, the face, Janet, the perfect, everything is just Janet, <laughs> Janet, Janet. And you're like, oh, uh, uh. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting all like, you know, stupid in my head. I'm not acting like a normal, like normally I'm like a normal billboard journalist, billboard hi. I'm from billboard. How's it going? And I tried to get that out and none of it actually came out very mm, well.
2: The aura of Janet was too strong. It was
1: too strong. <laughs> um so that's my um that's my my first pick um it's also
2: nice that it's a full circle moment since that was your first concert true true. it's even cooler actually yeah
1: so it's my first one
2: okay uh my oh i also wanted to say because you asked me what my first concert was and clapton was the first concert but the first one that i this is not one of my choices but it was amazing the first one that i made my parents take me to was paul abdul that next year i often think of that as being my first show because it was the first one that like I dictated going to it. But uh, Color Me Bad opened for her, and that was also spectacular. It was the Under My Spell tour.
1: I was going to say it's for the Spellbound Mm -hmm. album.
2: It was, and also at uh, the Palace of Auburn Hills. But moving on to my uh, number three choice, since I'm going in a wacky order, um, I have seen Harry Connick Jr. in concert more than a dozen times at this point. Wow, okay. When I was in Michigan as a, I believe, high school and then college student, I would go whenever he was, like, in kind of a four-state radius of, of me. Okay. So I ended up seeing shows in Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, um, and Michigan anytime he was in Canada. the states. I didn't actually cross uh, the border to go see him. But then I also got to see him just um, this past year in July, actually, so exactly a year ago, basically, um, at the Bowl. And what was fascinating is I, I wrote that up for Billboard.com, and in my research for that review, concert review, I discovered that the trio that he played with at the Bowl last year uh, is the exact same trio I would have seen, you know, uh, 16 years ago in, and more when I would go see him when I was in high school and college, because he's played with these dudes since for like one for 24 years and one for 25 years. Wow. And it was kind of insane how like I was immediately transported back to all those shows that I would go see then because it was, I mean, probably in a lot of ways and in essence, the same concert and tour I was seeing then. But the beauty of seeing Harry multiple times is that because he's such a jazz improv kind of guy the concerts were never identical. Like, every one you would see, even if it was on the same tour, you'd get a different set list. There would be a whole improv session with all the musicians that would go off in completely different directions for different amounts of time. So he was the kind of guy you could really see a lot in a row. Oh. So I love Harry Connick Jr. So there you go. <laughs>
1: have you actually met him yet?
2: Uh, somehow I have not met him, and which is also crazy because for all three places i've worked billboard and beyond i've covered american idol and i have never gotten the chance to meet him yet somehow Hmm. that needs to happen yeah and it would have been easier to have done that during idol and perhaps perhaps (laughs) you'll still have an opportunity let's get him on let's get him on the podcast oh we need to so keith what's Um, your next
1: choice so my next choice um is uh, madonna and um it's for the sticky and sweet tour oh is um, that hard candy? It's for the. It was in support of the hard candy album. Okay. Now I say this because it was at Dodger Stadium, Ugh. and I had probably, probably not the best seats I've ever had in a Madonna concert. But it, I was I was weighing which Madonna concert I wanted to put in here. Um, this one I had like, maybe like eighth row, on at Dodger Stadium. So Ugh. think baseball stadium, and I'm on the floor, and I didn't quite realize that my tickets were going to be that good. Mm. And I'm, like, I'm three people away from the catwalk. And I had not actually spoiled myself or read anything about the tour. Wow. So I didn't know what the set list was. I didn't know if there were going to be any, like, surprise guests. I had no idea. I was completely in the cone of silence. That's
2: really cool. The cone bra of silence. The cone bra
1: of silence. (laughs) So I get there, and I'm with uh, a friend of mine who is also, like, a big Madonna geek. And he was just, like, sort of, like... Doing cartwheels in his head because he's just like, you don't know oh, what's going to happen. So he knew. What he was knew. Up. Okay. Like he had been like, if you had been paying attention to like entertainment news that day, you knew what, there was something big oh, that was about to happen man. tonight. And I'm like, I have no idea. How
2: did you stay like? How did you not hear it? I was. I don't know. Oh well, that's was, great. Okay. So, so
1: so we watched the show, and you know she's great, and then you know midway through. She's doing Human Nature and out walks Britney Spears. I'm like, oh, my God. Britney Spears just struts out, you know, does a little, like, you know, I'm not your bitch, don't hang your shit on me with Madonna. (laughs) Then she disappears. And then, like, two or three songs later, out comes Justin Timberlake to do four minutes with Madonna. Uh. I'm like, oh, my God, Britney and Justin in the same show. And la, la,
2: la. And um, they were backstage together at some point. Well,
1: I'm, I'm I'm guessing they probably made sure their their ships didn't cross yeah. paths. Um, there was a, probably enough gap between the two of them. Um, but it was just just to see Madonna that close for the first time. Oh my god! Um, and it must have been surreal. It, it was. It was. It was. It was very. It was. It was a sort of oh my god. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> granted, when I saw Madonna on the MDNA tour, mm-hmm. which might have been the next tour and that was in support of the mdna album um i was in the sort of golden triangle pit and i was there was only one person in front of me next to the stage so when she sang like a prayer she's she was in front of me Mm. and i have a picture of her like holding the microphone down i'm like oh my god madonna's right literally right there (laughs) so those are both great but i think the first one because it was like a complete surprise yeah and i didn't know i just i had no idea so um there's my Madonna and a half
2: pick. Love it. Okay. Very top choice concert of all time. Mm. Um, This took no time for me to think. And by the way, I apologize for not being very much in the pop shop realm today because all of my choices are like really wacky genres and not at all poppy. This one's
1: Vladimir Horowitz.
2: (laughs) But my final one is Radiohead. Oh, I've always been a huge Radiohead fan. Um, I, I, I can't like I can't even express to you like what their music means to me. I'm hoping to see them in uh, San Francisco soon, so uh, I'm like really excited about it. Continuing with the best concert though, uh-huh. um, once again I traveled across state lines for a concert. When they announced their tour, this is in 2003. Um, it was right after Hail to the Thief came out. Um, when they announced their tour, they didn't announce a Michigan date, but they announced one in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, which is right outside Cleveland. Oh, OK. There's a uh, venue there called Blossom Music Center. It's this huge amphitheater, like a, you know, whole lawn, big lawn seating area, et cetera. Um, and it's actually a really cool venue, which I wouldn't have had any occasion to go to otherwise. So I'm glad that they brought me out there. Um And I had friends who met me from, like, different states. We all met and, like, converged on this Ohio venue at the end of the summer in 2003. And um, there was just a lot of concert magic happening at this uh, exact event. We got inside. We had lawn seats. We were sitting in our lawn seats. And my friend witnessed somebody give a girl tickets, like, give give tickets away to her. Oh. And so she, she saw it happening, didn't understand why it was happening. And she's like kind of a take charge person. So she went up to this person and said, Hey, I, I noticed that you gave, um, you know, these tickets to these girls. And there, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm upgrading people from the lawn. And she's like, well, we're on the lawn. <laughs> and he's like, how many people are with you? And she's like four. And he's like, okay, just, a, just a second. So we're like, okay, whatever. So we're sitting down. I think the show was like about to start or maybe the lights had gone down, whatever. This guy shows up again and hands us four tickets. We don't know where they are, what and like so we we're starting to scramble, show's about to start. We give our tickets to the usher, they send us and we just keep going. And going and going and going farther up. We were in the second row. Wow. In the venue. And I don't know to this day who this man is. He's a guardian angel. Probably somebody who works with the band, for the band, whatever, who had spare tickets and was told to go be, you know, people's little, you know, tooth fairy Upgrader. and go upgrade everybody. And it, it was like it was the best seats I've still had to this day, like even as somebody who is given tickets to cover things. This is the best seat I've ever had at a concert for my favorite band. Um the concert was incredible. Their big thing then was very much like, you know, or now and forever, mixing the electronic with the like live guitars, you know, instruments. And the way that they do it is they all come together in the middle of the stage and start with, you know, the guy with the beatbox, the guys with the the guitars, the beat. They come in, they listen and get the beat from him and then leave the middle and and spread out to their spots on the stage to make sure they have the beat like exactly right Hmm. and are like really on point. Um, and it was, it was just magic.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. How about you, Keith? Wait, is it
2: going to, is it going to be more Madonna or
1: was that? Okay. No, no more Madonna. (laughs) Um, I actually, you know, as you were talking, I actually thought of like more things that I wish I could have said. So my last one will be sort of a potpourri of a couple things. Okay. Um, I have a fabulous memory of seeing in excess at the Mayan theater Uh. in downtown Los Angeles, um, and it was for the last tour before Michael Hutchins, mm. was the lead singer of NXS, died. And I was like two people away from the stage in a really small theater, and he reached out and I w- was able to touch his hand. Oh my goodness. And then a few months later, he died. Wow. I remember that. Um, almost any experience going to the Hollywood Bowl here in Los Angeles. Yes, even something like the Sound of Music sing along, which mm-hmm. sort of counts as a concert, but not really. <laughs> the Hollywood Bowl is just a very magical venue, and it's beautiful. Um, just saw Diana Ross there a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, always lovely. Um, I have a, a vivid memory of 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 going to. Well, I wouldn't say vivid memory, but I have a memory. Vivid memory makes it sound like back when I was 10. Um, I was just going to say Adele at the Wiltern. Oh, yeah. Um, where I, you know, was able to get, like, a ticket to the hottest show or the hottest ticket in town or something um, and to a concert, which is completely sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a, in a small theater that only holds, like, a couple thousand people. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have, like, probably no shot of, like, seeing her in her string of Staples Center dates um, you know, which are happening right now. Actually,
2: that seems like way more likely than you think? seeing her at the Wiltern.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just super sold out. Time for I you figured, to send an email. I just figured that was my one <laughs> shot to like see her. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't like, go back. It's not going to
2: top that, that's for sure. Can't go
1: back to the well too many times. But mm. that was amazing. Um, and um, I think my my last one, or at least the last one that I can remember by off the top of my head right now, is um, flying to London to see Kylie Minogue um, with her Aphrodite Le Folie, Le Folie. Mm-hmm. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. Tour. Um, it was in support of her Aphrodite album. I flew on a Thursday night, got there Friday afternoon. The concert was Friday night, and I flew back on Sunday. And see, now me driving to
2: Ohio for Harry doesn't seem like that big I of mean, a deal. This was
1: st- this was <laughs> still ridiculous, but um, Kylie uh, was uh, this, this was this was the second time that I would see her because she had come to America like a year or two before uh, for a tour, like just sort of a one-off American tour. And it it played the Hollywood Bowl and it was fabulous. And then she announced her Aphrodite tour and album and she announced the dates and she was coming to LA. However, the tour was a very elaborate tour Mm -hmm. and it had the, the, the big arena stage production had all these Bellagio fountain things happening where like in it was literally fountains Mm. that like you know she people would dance around and there were like acrobats that would fling around it and like water that would like hit the audience (laughs) and it was just it was nuts but the water features were Mm -hmm. not coming to america oh because it was too much to bring to the venues that they had booked in america oh wow she she was playing smaller venues in the u.s like she played the hollywood bowl in the u.s but there wasn't enough room for all these fountains to show up and also you know it's probably cost prohibitive yeah so I'm like I have to see this thing, so went and saw her at the O2 Arena in London, and just the entire night it was like nothing but like chills and goosebumps. Mm. And at the end of the night, you know when when she sings all the lovers, and it's her with the uh, entourage of all of her dancers, and she's on this like a uh, uh, kind of like this sort of lazy Susan type thing <laughs> in the middle of like the the catwalk came to a point in the middle of the arena, and it's this round thing where there are uh, different circles. Um, in the middle and they all rotate and she has dancers on each level and at the top of it is kylie mm. so she's surrounded by sort of a pyramid of dancers that are all circling around her and they're all like in like fleshy colored bodysuits. so it's all like very like love and pureness and she looks like she's aphrodite and like this big diaphanous thing and she's waving around she has a little bathing cap on very like busby berkeley <laughs> water dancers in the 1930s or 40s right. And she's like, London, I love you. And like, then it like crescendos, and like all the music starts, and the fountains go off, and the lights go off, and everyone's and like, like, oh, like oh, I love
2: you too. I've made I've made a great decision. Like here. this was the
1: most amazing decision ever. <laughs> so uh, there is not not quite three, more like six. I know.
2: I you're now reminding me of a million things I could pepper in, but I will refrain because I feel like I'll go on. A, we can go on and of on, gents. and
1: we shouldn't because we should. We should move on.
2: We should get to the live
1: experience that matters starting tonight. (laughs) Starting tonight. um, The Go-Go's. Oh, my goodness. Um, We actually spoke to uh, Charlotte Caffey and Gina Schock of The Go-Go's backstage at the Billboard Music Awards back in May but we held on to the interview until this week as we wanted to celebrate their tour kickoff with our chat. As we noted earlier, the Go-Go's farewell tour starts tonight and continues through the month of August, so make sure to check them out on the road. And uh, here's our interview with Charlotte and Gina of the Go-Go's. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Thank Charlotte you, Charlotte and Gina of the Go Go's. Thank you. <laughs> um, we, We've got half the Go Go's going on right now. We've got yep. a Go or just the Go's. Has a G O, a G, a G and O. The other G and the O. I love the
3: G for Gina and
1: O. She's the O for oh my. <laughs> ah, oh my, cool oh my. <laughs> Um, we're actually uh, recording this backstage at the Billboard Music Awards in Las Vegas. Yes, by the, we are. By the time people hear this interview, you'll have or- the show has already been on. So um, we're super stoked that you played our show, even though you're about to play it. <laughs> okay. It's all time- timey wimey, wibbly wobbly happening right now. Yes. But we're so happy that you came and did our show. And I can't believe it. I think it's like the first time you've been like on like an award mm-hmm. show in a minute, right? Like it for a while
0: it's been a while um but we were invited and it took a little finagling because of our where everyone lives like all over the place and and the schedules but mark schimmel actually made it work so he's uh he's well thank you mark yeah thank you mark
1: um and we're effectively it's it's kind of kicking off the promotion of the 35th anniversary and also the farewell tour Uh uh-huh which starts august 1st or 2nd i believe
3: august 2nd
1: august 2nd (laughs) um
3: (laughs) Gina here, August
1: 2nd. Just a reminder, we have Gina and Charlotte. We've got a G and an O. My radio voice is suddenly turning on. I don't know why. Thanks. I'll I'll do the rest of the interview that way. I can't keep that up. It'll hurt. Me too. Me too. Um, Why is it a farewell tour? Why? We keep asking ourselves
0: that. No, it's...
3: It's a great marketing
1: angle. Well, I don't... Hey.
3: (laughs) I don't even know what to say except that... It perhaps... You know...
0: Well, I'll let Charlotte talk, and then I'll talk
3: okay. about it. Okay. Okay.
1: The two different opinions on why the it's G, a farewell tour. G
3: will let O go first.
0: Um, it is a farewell tour. It's a, it's you know for the touring p- aspect of our okay. careers, not because we're going away all together. But um, <laughs> but you, but you <laughs> know what? Bye this bye is bye. what I say with this bunch. You never know.
3: And I say, I don't want it to be farewell tour because I'm having too much fun. So I don't know. We'll just see. You know, we, we took off last year, and we usually work every year. You know, we go out for six to eight weeks, and we have a blast. And I guess I'm really enjoying. I know we are. We had a big dinner the other night. was Jane's birthday, and we had a blast, as usual. And it's sort of weird because we are family, and then you spend a certain amount of time apart. And when you get back together, it's like, oh, my God, I love this. I forgot yeah. about it, you know, for a little bit, and now I'm back in this comfort zone with my family, yeah, you know that I love, that I hate, that I everything in between, yeah. and it's nice, it's good. Stop touching me, Charlotte. She and and um, that she's was like no, it's not nice or good o at was all. was touching Pope, Pope, Pope. me just now, but um, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Well,
1: I'll keep spinning. I'm a we'll just we'll just equilibrium. Type. That's
3: why I play drums. But you know, we'll Gotta see keep the about that. It's kind of like. I don't know what's going to happen, I've but I, I hope we keep playing. Some I, f- more I feel things.
1: like this is like a, a weird sort of uh, negotiated consensus farewell tour. her. Like kind of, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. we'll call it that. And maybe by but the end, of, maybe it's one of those things like it, you get together at the beginning and it's beautiful and sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And then after eight weeks, you're like, "I hate all of you. We need to like go away and take a break." It'll
3: never be that. It'll never be that because even it is, if it's that, sometimes, but you know, not for long.
0: We've already done that a bunch of times <laughs> where I hate you, go away, we'll <laughs> never see you. And then, for some reason, something, oh, something always brings up. us back together. It's true. So it's very interesting. We, we, I believe it's a karmic, some kind of a karmic thing we're working through with the five, the five of us. It's
3: a karmic calling.
0: But I'll tell you, we have that's true, Charlotte.
3: Said, we have been in some fights in this band where we're like, I don't care if I ever see the other one again. Stop it, Charlotte. And she's being. just have All of our furniture things. is
1: wobbling, about to fall and, over. Frankly,
3: and we get back together, and it's fun, and but this time we're saying like oh this is our farewell tour but but we'll see I don't know um, I'm sorry okay just, but all right I'm sorry
1: well I I, 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 gonna cut this. I saw you guys now we're gonna run the whole thing <laughs> okay. no editing here Um I saw you guys at the Hollywood Bowl a few years ago when you were inducted into the Hollywood Bowl Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, oh my um, god! And there was like, I swear, there was fireworks happening, and there was you played with the Philharmonic
0: and also the mar- oh. the marching band yeah, the marchi- from, from USC, I which ha- was I amazing. A, I have like
1: a video of we got the beat, and I'm just like, this is insanity, it and it was so like, fantastic. I was like, like people have to go see you guys because yes. it's so much fun, and the music is like so timeless. This you know? is. This is what I'd like to say
0: about our live performance. We have so much fun on stage, and the energy translates to the audience. And when you leave that show, you're uplifted. Yeah. And if you go out into your life being uplifted, that's just a nice little ripple effect. And I think, and I'm going to get all heavy, I think the world needs that. And it's good for, uh, August is going to be a good, powerful Uplifting month for the uh, United States. I have nothing else to say. Charlotte said it
1: all. It's it's, it's a pre uh, it's a pre-election uh, pre-election lift up. Let's yeah. not get going. Right. oh boy! Oh no! Go. We can get going. Cannot. <laughs> cannot. We're not. We're not. We're not taking the political route.
2: Um, never do. Is
1: there? Um, I'm assuming there. There. Well, I'd like to hope. Is there? possibility of any new music on the tour like maybe a new song I, you, you rolled your well, eyes like no. no no
0: I mean you know that's always the goal we always you know, but we're very very particular and yeah. you yeah. know you might like for instance the last record we made we wrote 60 songs and 12 songs went on it so wow. you're always you know look it, it, you have to write a lot and it's very difficult in di- different parts of the world to get everyone together but we are going to have a few surprises and hopefully Yay. some surprise guests and things like that.
3: And we were talking, uh, Charlotte and I. We had a conversation about writing some stuff the other the other day at dinner. Well, you were talking about
1: that. <laughs>
3: All right, Charlotte. Just you know kidding, what? man. After this interview, you
0: are a goner, baby. And then I'll choke you with your scarf. With. The tour is already done. She almost choked me with this yesterday. So.
2: <laughs> accidental when you guys aren't on tour when you're apart are you guys writing and working on some music that you all bring together once you're back what's your back together
0: uh yes and no i mean it's um we only have the unfortunate thing is we only have a handful of days rehearsal with belinda because of her schedule so we have to but but i gotta say what i gotta say is the classic songs and the song i mean we are gonna that's a big part of who we are and people love to hear that. So, and we just, Tired of playing them, but then we know like I don't. Important. I get tired of we got the beat. Okay,
3: but <laughs> I don't. I you know what? It's a great so- all of the songs I love, but sometimes you get t- because the hits you always play more than the other songs. Well, yeah. I like to dig into the catalog a little bit and yeah. play some things that are a little bit more obscure and they're fun and a l- slightly challenging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all
0: I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: No, but it's like, it's it's un- but you know the crowd, you know the crowd is, is expecting. I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and there's certain songs they need. I think yeah. that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah. And then you just put a different like, I just approach it in a different way each time, and yeah. it keeps it interesting for me. So.
2: And I'm sure the fan response is always a little different. Yeah. Too yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. Concert. Yeah. It's
1: like every show you have to play. We got to beat. Our lips are sealed. And vacation. And he- head over heels. Head over heels. And this town. <laughs> is our town. This and lust to so love. Glamorous. And
0: how much more? Yeah. And whatever.
1: More. And, <laughs> and, and, and cool. You, more. you might throw in a cool jerk. Maybe. And you, might throw <laughs> <a> cool jerk. <laughs> you might throw in a cool jerk. We I might don't know. do
0: that. Yeah. I, I, God, you know us. Okay.
1: I'm familiar with the go and the goes. But we
0: are going to add a couple little surprises, yes, so there. Yes, yes,
1: do that. Um, you can take that if you want. Uh, it's a guitar pick. Um, Thank you. I could keep you guys here forever, but I should probably let you go. But before you go, I have a story, and it's a personal story. Um, when I was just a wee little boy, uh, like probably like seven or something, which would have put me around 1982, my stepsister was a huge fan of the go-go's. And she bought seven-inch vinyl singles. She bought tons of them. And when she got older and moved away, she left me all of her singles in, like, a big paper bag. And there was one single I really, really wanted out of all of them. And she wouldn't give it to me, and she kept it. And it was a 7-inch picture disc of the Go-Go's. Yeah. And she kept it out of all the ones. Yeah, yeah. And I always, I've never forgiven her. I know this is going to have a happy ending. I know. Well, ended up well a it's tea. a happy ending that I'm talking to the Go-Go's. <laughs> yeah, that the That's the happy, happy ending. And <laughs> suck it, Deanne. I'm talking to them, and you're not. Uh-huh. No, not. <laughs> All of that was true, but. Well,
3: You know what? I do have a couple of those.
1: Oh, from wow. back in the day, you still hold on to the the I, merch. I
3: save everything. Everything with uh, that you know applies to the Go Go's. Just have you
1: know, the little Go Go's museum I have at all, home.
3: All all the vinyl, all, all the CDs, all the EPs. Uh, so do I. You do. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that.
0: And <laughs> my and my vacation tutu, I saved oh, do you everything. Still have it? I have it. And she said she's saving the vacation
3: uh, little tutu, but guess what? She stole that from the set because if <laughs> we were allowed to take them, I'd have <laughs> one too. they okay, right I would have that too. So she snuck that out because she was all drunked up on champagne. Oh, no, nope. okay probably yes. Back probably then, yes, back then, <laughs> back <yes>. then. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: It
3: was a very different time. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. But
0: <laughs> you have to take what you want. In sure. Life. That's
2: just a
3: good life. <laughs> life. Yes, Seize oh, the day. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, I like that watch. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, maybe not our stop. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you again, ladies, for joining us, and good luck out there on tour this month. And we hope to see you when the show arrives in Los Angeles at the Greek later on the in August.
2: They were so great.
1: They were actually, and it was probably. I would say it was probably. I would say one of the most fun interviews we did at the billboard awards
2: i think it absolutely was and i think you probably heard it in keith's voice that there was <laughs> uh, it was excitement level there it was
1: very rollicking um <laughs> lots of also lots of furniture that they kept swiveling on <laughs> and we only had two mics so it was you know we had to all take turns
2: they and were fighting over the mic it was, was, very, great. Like, it was little, great like sisters it was very cute
1: well now it's time for our chart stat of the week 35 years ago this week, The Go-Go's first album, Beauty and the Beat, debuted on the Billboard 200 chart. The album bowed on the chart dated August 1st, 1982, way down at number 186, but would eventually hit number one the following year on March 6th, 1982, and spend six weeks atop the chart. It remains the only album by an all-female rock band, to hit number one on the chart. That's not to say that, like, the Dixie Chicks haven't been number one, but they're a country group. So,
2: rock. Rock. Rock!
1: Uh, The Go-Go's album, of course, launched two smash singles in Our Lips Are Sealed, which peaked at number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, and We Got the Beat, which reached number two. Uh, So there you have it. 35 years ago this week, the Go-Go's landmark album, Beauty and the Beat, debuted on the Billboard 200 chart. (laughs) all right i think that's it i think that's great hope we uh hope uh we uh had some uh we we lived we relived some fun concert
2: oh and share memories. your favorite concerts with us on twitter i yeah. want to hear some of your favorite concert
1: experiences uh, ha- hashtag uh pop shop hashtag uh, Should should there be hashtag
2: pop shop and just at us me and Keith? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd be curious. Like, uh, is it a recent show? Is it something from when you were little?
2: I feel like I definitely went nostalgic because those are the ones that have like my heart. But yeah,
1: I know. I wish I had seen something like with my. I've I've never seen a show with my parents.
2: Oh, I I think I saw a show with my parents like a month ago. Yeah, you you, you saw Chicago (laughs) Chicago with
1: the bowl. Chicago, the band Chicago, not the musical production. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, what song should we go out on this week? Well something from one of our memories? Like yeah, an Eric Clapton track or Oh, I mean sure. No, I, <laughs> I sure well you can pick one.
2: Um let's go Layla. The unplugged version, please. Well
1: you wouldn't have heard that because Layla the unplugged version came out like three years later.
2: Maybe he played Layla and maybe we heard the beginnings of it. Did you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, I'm okay. sure
1: he played Layla. But probably maybe not in the acoustic version. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, definitely not the acoustic version. Well here's version. here's the
1: unplugged version of Layla, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>
0: Got me on my knees